Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Carlton Rap and it's been a while and this time I'm joined by the best names on Twitter and I'm going to go through every one of you and ask your thoughts. If you wanted a very humorous session talking about the game, you've come to the right spot. So I'm going to look off my screen in the top left corner. We have Kira. What are your thoughts right now? And it's been two days since the game. How are you feeling? It doesn't get any better. I'm still in pain. Every time I open Twitter and I get a Collingwood suggested tweet, I've muted them that many times and they keep coming up and it's still painful, but we're getting through it. All of the podcasts and shows and the nice side of Twitter is getting me through it. In On my top right, I've got Simply Jasmina from Twitter, a very occult figure of Twitter now, you could say. Jazz, how are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. Being an influencer is really hard, um, but <laughs> I'm really sad, actually, to be honest. It's not fun. It isn't fun. Bottom left, uh, I would say nearly the co-host of this show after the last couple episodes, Ari Stamatakos. How are you feeling? Oh, I've never been better. Never been better. I... I think I think the best way to describe it is that I've never been more distraught over a three day period than the than the last three days. So make of that what you will. And then on the bottom right for me, I've, we've got Tori. Welcome. How Thank you. you. Um, not great. Jasmina doesn't help the situation. She's been sending depressing TikToks flat stick <laughs> to our group chat, but no, just pretty sad, pretty bummed. Um trying to get my mind off it but it's not really that easy it's not and look this is this is why we're here we're going to talk about it we're going to debunk it in i don't know which way we'll see how this goes because this is genuinely an experiment podcast because we've i don't think i've ever had this many people on a podcast before so we will see how we go tonight all right let's 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 get into it and let's start right from the start of the game i guess pre-game what were everyone's thoughts i was i was pretty I mean, I'm always pessimistic, but I wasn't confident. I wasn't very confident. I thought last week deflated them. Was anyone confident going into Sunday? I, I, I was. I was, sorry. I was until maybe an hour before the bounce. Until, and, and then I saw a certain Robin being a late withdrawal. And then I just was like, here we go again. I was confident until pretty much um, the last 30 seconds. I was convinced we weren't going to drop it, and that's terrible for myself because set myself up for disaster there, but I was 100% confident throughout the entire thing, And I can vouch for that. She was like, in the, all of us had dropped off, I reckon, second quarter. We were all, like, stressing in the group chat. And we was like, no, nah, don't worry, we're kicking the goal in the next two minutes. And then, bang, a goal would happen. Like, she was on it. I was on it. Like, <laughs> she was very positive. I was getting um the manifesting vibes coming to me, so I had to run with it. They wouldn't let me stop. I would, I would, I was predicting. And then the predicting dropped off um once the fourth quarter started. So I tried to just back out of that one pretty quickly. <laughs> Well, I have the magic crystals, but I don't know. I don't think it helps. <laughs> sorry. sorry, everyone. Uh, that was like counting on me and my crystals. I'm really sorry. Well, obviously not this Sunday, Kira. What about you? 
I told myself that I wasn't confident, but that was just me protecting my heart. I thought deep down, I thought we were going to win because it was just perfect. Beat Collingwood and make the eight. I mean, it sounds great in theory, but yeah, not those last 30 seconds. Well, I guess some positive results from Sunday. The VFL team won. So we've got one team in finals at least. We can hang our hats on. Uh, they're, playing, they're playing Collingwood again. I think it's Sunday, uh, Victoria Park. Any, anyone going from this trip? I'm certainly not making that trip. I'm going. I'll be there. It would be a bit of a far trek for me, so I'll be right here. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Unfortunately. I, I, I don't want to see a Carlton team play any sort of finals until for a long time. I'm traumatised. So we, we could win the VFL flag. I could not care less. With all due respect, of course. It's going to be our fourth time playing Collingwood in a week because we've got the AFLW on Thursday as well. So if we oh. lose both the AFLW and the VFL, I think I'm going to be traumatised for the rest of my life. I think that's where you draw the line, hey? Yeah. Too much. Yeah. Okay, the, the, the first talking point. We obviously didn't kick a single goal in the first quarter. And uh, look, it was a hill. It's just always going to happen, wasn't it? But, um, okay, the first talking point, are we genuinely just crap at starting well on big occasions? Because on multiple times this year, the St Kilda game, the second Richmond game, the Brisbane game, and now the Collingwood game, we have started absolutely terribly and we dig ourselves into a hole that we have to get out of. Is this a genuine problem that is a mentality thing? Anyone want to speak on that? Well, I'll just butt in. And uh, the first the first Richmond game as well, we were just... I was going to say the same thing. Just yeah, on the four goals down. Um, even the Collingwood game the first time, they kicked us back into the game. We were digging ourselves out of another hole there. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of gave them a little bit of leeway early in the season. I thought new list, not new list, but like new regime, young players, the occasion will get to them and stuff. But... Um, I don't think that flies in round 23 and I don't think you can give them any excuses as much as we want to, as much as we want to um, kind of shield the pain. It was, I mean, in a big game like that, the biggest game that nearly all of the players have played in their lives to start like that was, was not great. And I mean, we kicked what we were 20, we kicked three behinds in the first quarter. One of them, one of them's a goal when we win the game. So it's how it falls. Yeah, I think the first quarter was probably one of the most disappointing, even more disappointing than the last quarter because Sydney played so well against Collingwood in absolutely just not letting them have any hope. From the very first bounce, they suffocated Collingwood. And I thought we would have watched the Sydney game um, a few times during the week to know what we were up against. And I thought that's what we would try and replicate because obviously their first loss in a few weeks. So I thought that's exactly how we would go and just demoralize them in the first few bounces but we didn't do that and then from the rest of the game even though our hope was still there and it didn't get completely crushed until the last quarter I think the first quarter didn't set us up for a successful game. Jazz, Tori, thoughts? Yeah I'm, I'm about the same I was um pretty yeah you can't uh, it's tough to come back from a game you kick nothing in the first quarter which we did but if you can't make up for it in the fourth, then what's the point? I guess fourth quarter is the only one that matters at the end of the day. If you're not in front by that final siren, then 
there's literally no matter whatever anything else happened. Um, but I've just I compare it to say like the Hawthorne game and the score we were at at quarter time, and how that was so early on as well. But just yeah, the big games. I agree, it's just not there. It's not happening. We're just not um, playing our four quarters. It literally yeah. just comes down to not playing four quarters. We can pick and choose like specific parts of the game that we're not happy with, but at the end of the day, it's not converting and it's not playing four quarters. That's the main. I think we dominated uh, the first half of the fourth quarter. We just weren't hitting the scoreboard. Like they were winning every clearance out of the middle pretty much, getting it down and then just everyone wanted to miss. That's I think pretty that much what it came down to. I think it was almost panic because I think they were scared. It's a mental game as well. I just think they need to work through. I think last week traumatised them as it did everyone else. But I really thought they would have learnt from their mistake, especially because we were going in with quite a big gap, whereas the week before we didn't. It was kind of more toe and toe. Um, I don't know. I'm very disappointed, to say the least. I think that mental game is a really big part of this loss because in the last quarter, Carlton were thinking, oh, crap, we know Collingwood will come back here and they love it to be tight. And Collingwood were thinking, great, this is our opportunity to just rip it from underneath them. And then all the skill went out the door and it was all about what was going on inside their heads and we just completely froze forward of the ball and couldn't get it through the big two sticks. Uh, I think bad kicking is bad footy. And when... Colonel and Mackay kick four goals, eight between them. I mean, you can talk about contested, but like up 54 contested possessions, 21 clearance or 21 lead, or 50s, I was going to say, we, we led every stat, every other stat pretty much yeah. the whole yeah. game. I mean, that, yeah, when you when your key forwards aren't converting and when we're not converting in general, kick six behinds in that last quarter, um, kick zero goals, nine in the first and last quarter's it's yeah, it it sucks, but like you can't really talk about everything what you want. But if you can't kick straight, then what's the point? I thought the one thing that annoyed me in that first half was we were just letting Dick Collingwood dictate the game, which was frustrating considering their team who has, I believe, one game plan where they it's completely based off turnover, and they will look to go straight down the corridor and go from there. They don't run two ways. They just absolutely bolt forward. Was that pissing anyone else off? Because it was really annoying me. I don't know how you can't have a plan B to that. I think it's quite easy to shut off. And we saw it when they shut it off in the third quarter. They did absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's more It's more like when we're, when we're on. I feel like we can talk about Colin what we want. But it's almost irrelevant because when we're on, we're unbeatable. You saw in that, in that third quarter, we were... It, it kind of everything we we're doing everything right for maybe the second quarter. People talk about the third quarter. It really started in the second. We just couldn't convert. We got the margin back down to seven. I think it was halfway through the second. They kicked two goals late, and then the third the third quarter it felt like the damn wall busted in a sense. Like finally we're converting and we're we're getting scores on the board. Like it it kind of we kind of I, I would hesitate to say we spent our petrol tickets too early, but. We can speak about Colin what we want. We just weren't able to see the game out because we, we, it was in our hands. In our hands. I, had a, I had a really good point made to me. Um, if you're 20, 24 points up at three-quarter time and someone comes in and say, okay, you're 20, 
however many points we were up, both teams have six scoring shots, which team wins? You'd never, ever say Collingwood in that scenario because the game was out. We had a 24-25 point head start and we chucked it out the window and it ended up being that one point that Collingwood kicked that was the difference. That's what's so frustrating. Our best and our worst is so far apart and that's what the good teams bridge, but we're just not there and that's what makes you want to rip your hair out because the difference in quarters, not even the difference in games, the difference in a quarter is so, so different. Well, I mean, how many times this year have we gone from scoreless to five, six, seven, eight goal, like just pylons in a quarter this year? How many times has that happened? So many times. And sometimes it wins us the game and sometimes it's not enough. And that's what I mean when it all comes down to not performing for four quarters. We need to play four quarters of consistent football, not two quarters of unreal football. You're not going to win games like that. At halftime, did anyone think we were still a chance? Because I completely wrote us off and some people in this chat had some messages to prove that I wrote them off at halftime. Was anyone confident? I was just under the impression. I don't know, Jasmine. Tori, if I'm pointing at her, Tori. You're pointing to Ari at the moment. Oh. I'm I don't know. <laughs> so you're pointing know at Kira. I don't know. You're pointing at, Kira, I don't know. No, you're pointing at no one for me. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, wherever she is, I'll just interrupt. I turned to my uncle and said, or my um, my uncle and said, I don't see where we win this game. I it, it's it's the first time ever I have conceded a game at halftime because I it nothing gave me confidence. Nothing gave me because I just I I knew the story. I, I knew it before almost the game was going to happen. I knew the story. I knew the headlines. It, it's yeah. I just that that could have that could have been ten goals up at halftime. We could have been hundred points up at, at halftime. I still would have been like this game's not over. So I just was never confident. I'm just finding the message. So Kira, if you want to go, <laughs> I was done at halftime. I thought, well, there was a little part of me that that knew that we could have that you know, eight goal quarter and Charlie and Harry could absolutely turn it on. But I, once again, didn't think one quarter of football was going to be enough. But half time, I turned to my dad who was Collingwood and I said, there's no way Carlton are winning this game. And then third quarter, of course, gave me hope. <laughs> and then they crushed it. But um, half time, I was done. Well, I rode the waves. Like, let me tell you, I rode the waves because during that bloody eight goal quarter we had, I remember that passage of play where we like rebounded so well and the ball almost went out of bounds and they brought it back in and then Charlie took that mark and he missed. But I remember that transition alone like sent me. Like I was so excited and I was like, this is good footy. Like they need to keep this up. I remember screaming at the top of my lungs at my dad. I just grabbed him and was like, I love this footy club. And then like half an hour later, I'm like, fuck this footy club. And half an hour before she was like, stuff this footy like she was done at you were done at halftime I was done and I couldn't I, anything I could say wouldn't wouldn't have changed that um until I was right and she came crawling back to reality um my messages are so slow I have to find it because it's a moment in history so move on if you wish and we can come back to it but I will find this message <laughs> well I mean let, let's move into the third quarter and it took 
only what 30 seconds to actually kick a goal and I, I i didn't really i couldn't tell who went down when that collision happened i saw silvani but i didn't know cripps copped it bad you know what i don't think on the tv it didn't even look like that like that bad and i don't even see him get hit in the stomach or anything if anything silvani looked like the worst off when it first happened like well, the collision itself of like they replayed it a hundred times on tv Patrick's but, like, mate i wouldn't want him coming at me at any no time. not at all but he was he was holding his ribs and we couldn't work out like why are you holding like what was wrong kind of thing and then we kind of just had to say oh he's probably winded or whatever the case was at the time but it didn't look as bad in the moment as they kept like the way he reacted something obviously went down with it i was sitting level two and i thought he had died like, yeah. I was very, very concerned. He was on his back, like, looked – he was in all sorts, and I was very worried that he was done for the day. He, and then he shrugged off the trainer, and I was I was. And he was fine, fine two minutes later. He was good to go. But that initial reaction when he was on the floor on all fours and he could not stand up, and then I think even a Collingwood um, player, yeah, went over to him and lifted him up, and I'm like, oh, Lord, if the opposition's helping him up, we're in strife. But – um, then he got up and had the best two quarters, but just wasn't enough. I guess Cherry kicked that early goal. I don't know, it was weird. I feel like no one celebrated it because everyone's just watching Crips. Like, I, oh, I don't know. Yeah. No one celebrated it. It was a very quiet goal. Um, but some talking points. Your fave, Jazz Marchbank, probably one of the best rundown tackles of the day on Josh Stakos. Yeah. Like, no one Great can moment. tackle Josh Dacos. Like, he's a slippery bugger. Like, he's a hard one to catch. And Marchbank's fast, but he's not, like, fast. So, I think <laughs> I was very happy with that. And um, if you heard screaming from level four, it was me. It was definitely me. Um, I'm very happy with this game, actually, overall. I thought – I still think there's plenty of room for improvement. I don't think he fully trusts himself. I think he's still a bit worried to do another injury and stuff like that. I think he's a bit in his head. Um, but with more consecutive games, I think he's only going to get better. And I saw someone say on Twitter actually yesterday that they think he will make All-Australian next year. And I think I'll pass out if that's the case. <laughs> so I think so. I mean, if he plays good footy consistently, then, yeah, why not? I think point. reflecting on... Sorry, go, Nay. No, no, no. I just, I was just saying it's a fair point. You go. I think reflecting on that game, that Marchbank tackle was probably the moment that I thought, oh, crap, we might actually come back here and we could maybe win. I think that was the moment that I got really, really excited. Um, he, I also agree. He had a great game. I think it was like a – it was a bit similar to the Crips bump. Um you know, the bump. Um, it's a bit similar to that and how our momentum just completely changed like that after a big moment like that. And I think Caleb's tackle was executed perfectly, perfectly. It was a great tackle. And I think everything changed from there. Even Mitch McGovern's tackle later on, unreal. It, it was just a weird quarter because I'd never thought it would amount to a 24-point lead. So I was just, it was just waiting for that streak of momentum to just slowly die off and I thought it happened when Ginevan kicked that goal to put it to 12 points I think I thought that's when it ended uh Cripps let's talk about Cripps 
he got best on ground. And those scumbags, man, they booed him. They booed him. The, 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 okay, there's a, lot of, there's a lot to discuss about that, but oh, my God, no. Nah, I, I fucking hate him. I hate oh, him. I'll, I'll, I'll butt in and say shame on anyone who boos a champion. That's what I was going to say. In the words of your old coach. And, 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 and Blue Abroad family as well, by the way. Yeah, Blue Abroad family, Nathan Buckley. Uh, Mate, Collingwood fans were going to Terry's channel, to a Carlton channel, just to watch it. They had to go there. That is just, just uh, beautiful. Just on that, Terry, um, I remember. Terry owns fan media in Australia. He owns it. Sorry, period. He invented it here in Australia. Um, <laughs> moving back to that, we'll speak about Crips' game as well, but that mo that moment... I was walking down, walking down the stairs or ramp or whatever. I can't remember at all. Like Vietnam flashbacks for me. Um, and I just, I, I heard the booing because I heard Mad Creeps got announced better, Jay, and I heard the booing and oh, uh, that, I was, I wasn't even angry at that point. I was just even more gutted, just even more deflated because when your captain does that, pulls that performance out the bag and did pretty much everything he could to drag us by the collar over the line, it stings a little bit more. I, I mean, I heard it from... I reckon I was already out of the stadium by that point. I think I was too. I, I thought it was... I still heard it, but I thought it was the umpire. I thought they were just doing it, the umpires walking off the ground. And I wasn't until today that I actually found out Cripps got best on ground. So it was... I not really talked about Fox footy didn't. I would say I, Fox I, footy I, didn't cover it. Fox footy didn't cover it as well. Pretty much, they switched straight on to best on ground or whatever it was, um, and we didn't see it. We didn't know. I didn't know till after that. That's what they did. Um, supposedly Channel Seven did, but yeah, I missed it and I was annoyed the next day, obviously. But Jazz, you okay? Sorry, no, I, I cut you off. I left. You left. As yeah. soon as that final siren went, I bawled my eyes out. I sat in my seat and bawled my eyes out for the second week in a row on level four at the MCG. And my dad just looked at me and, like, his heart broke and he's been profusely apologising to me for making me a Carlton supporter. So, yeah, I left. We left. I couldn't – I was not going to sit there and listen to them. Oh, my God. I didn't realise that that's what they were doing, though. I didn't realise that they were announcing, like, best on ground and all that and stuff. But when I was outside the ground is when I heard the booing and when I heard Patrick say, I'm sorry, we couldn't get it done for you guys. I was still there because my dad was Collingwood and I wasn't going to make him leave. And I was also still crying and mourning the death of our football club. Um, and it was so loud. Like, it was very, very loud. It, yeah. it, almost, it almost made me stop crying because I... I then got angry instead of upset. Yeah. Oh well, let's let's talk about just Cripps's game in general. Uh, like you said, Ari, but he he carried us. He carried us over the line. What more can he do? I mean, it's just like at the point where he's like year after year, he's just the main one, the leader, and uh, it's it's tough. There's a couple of players, you know, people you talk about Jack and Paddy, like that have just been there and gone through it all. 
Like, I'm just worried. Like, is this going to affect them just, like, long-term? The longer it takes, the wor- like the worse it gets for them, the more they lose motivation. Like, I know you can't completely lose motivation, but, like, it'd just be so gutting for them, though. Well, I had that exact thought. I thought, is this going to be the thing that breaks them? And I honestly believe that it won't. I think it'll have the opposite effect on them purely because they never had a taste before this. Like, this is the first time they've had a taste. Every other time we've been 10th, 11th, 12th. You know what I mean? Like, pushing, but no, not close. We were close. We're there. I believe that if we made finals and we won that game, I reckon we would have pushed Brisbane, probably beaten Brisbane in their form. I think we deserve the spot more than the doggies, but they just couldn't get it done. That's what's disappointing, like thinking about what could have been. Um, I don't think that this will break them. I think it'll make them hungrier, and I think we actually need to buckle up because next year is going to be insane. Like, and I know that we say that every year, but I'm telling you, mark my words, okay? You will come back here. And you will watch this and you're like, she was right, okay? I'm not pulling a Terry. I'm actually going to get it right. <laughs> Trust me. I was going to say, I, I do agree. Um, and I think we have the right leader. I think Vossi is just as hungry as anyone. Um, he knows what it is. He knows the feeling of winning a premiership multiple times. And I think we have that leadership now that wants to really, really get us there. Um, and I think he's, yeah, he's, he's the one to do it. And I, I agree with Jazz. I think next year's one to watch for sure. Well, that's the other thing everyone's talking about. Vossi and the angry Carlton supporters are saying, oh, get rid of him, mate. He's been there a year and he's done more than any of the other coaches we've had before. Like, seriously, he's the guy. Vossi is the guy. Give him a big kiss on the lips when it's all done, mate. Cause I'm telling you it's happening. It's coming. <laughs> It's coming. I, I, I think this is the most important off-season in the club, but also Patrick Cripps's career, in my opinion, because he he's a massive, if you listen to any interviews he, he does or if you understand what he's about, he's big on belief, he's big on hope, and it almost comes into you can always maintain hope when things aren't going well because... The, you get used to that feeling, get numb to that feeling. This is the worst loss that maybe Mitch McGovern and Zach Williams aside, and all of those players will have ever experienced. And Cripps being a senior player, being the, the senior player that hasn't experienced anything any, in, in terms of footy, this, if any loss, he's going to break him. And if any loss, he's going to make, make him realise I'm 28 next year, I've not played a final. This is the loss. So this is, I, I would hesitate to say the club's, maybe not the club's future hinges on this off-season, but if they don't get this off-season and this pre-season right from a mental standpoint, we could be in danger. But in the saying that, I trust them to get it right because I I want to have faith in this group because I feel like they've allowed me to, to give them faith for once. We have so much talent. The talent's never been the problem. It's not the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not the group. Like, the group is there. We have five people in the All-Australian team, and it should have been six. It should mm-hmm. have been six. Like, that's unreal for a team that was down the bottom for so long. You know what I mean? Like, we have the talent. It's about executing the game plan consistently and how Vossi wants it done. 
I don't know if any of you watched the presser. I, it took me ages to watch the presser. I literally listened to it only today. Um, but Vossi mentioned that we needed to work on just consistency and being able to carry out the game plan for longer. So he wants to actually make their load even heavier in the off season so that they're able to carry it for longer. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really positive because I've never heard any other of our coaches say anything like that. So it kind of is the mind in a way. It was a good presser. I thought he summed it up well, didn't sugarcoat anything. I think he probably would have copped a bit from, I think it was that Brisbane press conference or the Adelaide one where it was just very Teague-esque. I think he copped it a little bit. That was a much better presser in the end. And I don't know, digging me a bit more hope. Let's move back um, to the third quarter. Kerno, Mackay, Motlock. Personally, like, I don't get excited when we kick goals because I don't like getting ahead. But the, the Motlock goal, I think it was, I can't remember which Motlock goal it was, but I think it would have been the one right before three quarter time got me up and about. But out of those, I think those four last goals of Kerno, Mackay, the two Motlock ones, which was everyone's favourite? Or the favourite favorite moment from that quarter? I think Motlock's. That one, that one, and he just gave it to the crowd on his way past. Um, definitely a standout. I think he is a talent that we are going to be thankful to have. Um, he's, what, one year in and already showing a lot of promise. So as long as they give him consistency, um, he's, he's a good one, a good egg. I'll, I'll, I'll throw something. Um, this I'm just going to ignore your question, Nathan. Um, not one of the last four goals, but Adam Chera's second goal from... 55. Yeah. Yes. Reminded me. I forgot about that one. Un uncannily similar to Jack Martin's goal to put us in front in round one. I'm very similar to you. I, I don't. I don't go early. I didn't celebrate. Didn't move for the whole third quarter. Um, but I thought if well, it, it it gave me it fucking was good to see Adam Chera stepping up. We pay yeah. four billion dollars a year or whatever we are. You'd expect him. <laughs> you'd expect him to to stand up in big moments. To see him dob it from 55, I thought, all right, if he's doing that, because he's not a known goal kicker. He's not like he's not like a Crips who we expect to go forward and kick goals. He he did it in a massive, in a high pressure moment at the same do that. That gave me hope that we'll back. Although the Motlop one before three quarter time was special. You know the Doherty goal reminded me literally. Well, you do you talk about it? You talk about it. It's felt identical to the Richmond yeah, one. Identical. It gave me goosebumps. I got teary-eyed. Like we've seen it before. It was like pretty much a replay. Seen Reaction was the same. Everything. It was like almost like frame for frame. The same thing. It was amazing. That's what I. That was actually the goal I was gonna mention as like my favorite because it just sat with me. You know. <sighs> There's a lot of positives in the game and I know that we don't want to talk about you know positives too much because it's not really a win but I can't say I'm fully disappointed in them like I can say that I have hope for next season which is the first time I can confidently say that that's true Kira I think mine was probably the Kerno goal just because of the story of the whole week I think I'm not personally a fan of massive contracts I think they're a little bit silly, but I think when it comes to Charlie, he's a man that every 
club in the country would be after at the moment and the fact that he went a year early and wants to be blue forever, um, that during the week gave me a lot of hope for where we're going as a club and the fact that they're all, even all these quotes from the day he signed when he was saying, we want to do this as a group, we've stuck together through all the hard times and I think when he kicked that goal I was getting a little bit excited of what this week could mean in the history of Carlton Football Club. Um, so that was my one. Well, let's, okay, well, okay, three-quarter time. I was, I, I, I keep saying this, I thought it was just never meant to be that we were up by 24 points against the one team who absolutely thrives in those moments where they are down. I was not, I just thought it was going to collapse and turned to the girl next to me, that was Carlton, and I said, hate being up by this much because it's going to make it the more embarrassing when we collapse. Those were my thoughts because I just have no confidence in this team still. And it's probably just because of all those years of just being absolutely scarred. But was anyone any different? Was anyone actually confident we would hold on? I'm, I'm never confident, but for some reason at three quarter time, there was no thought in my mind that we were going to lose that game. I'm the, okay, sorry. I was just going to say, and I think it was just more not the fact that I genuinely didn't think we would lose it, but just the hope that I was hoping that this would finally be the moment that it all turned. And I think because that's what hurts so much on the final siren, we all haven't seen much success, if any, depending on how you classify success. And I think the excitement of this season was just brought so much joy that at, in the third quarter, I thought, you know, that joy is going to keep going and this year will finish in an exciting way, but nope. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm always the most positive person in the room, especially when it comes to the Blues. Um, I never have a bad word to say, but three-quarter time and I was convinced that we were either going to put them away or they'd come back but we wouldn't let them catch us because we knew how much this game meant and I think uh, as soon as they missed two goals I was like holy crap please do not do this to me again because I had obviously hyped up all the girls as well that this is real this is we're doing well and my optimism was shining too brightly for that day because obviously um, if you set yourself up with too much optimism for it, you're obviously going to get very hurt when that all comes crashing down. So, yeah, very optimistic, but quickly replaced with a whole lot of depression. I was borderline in tears at three-quarter time because I was... It's probably... I think this goes back to my pre-game thoughts, and this will make sense once I finish my point. I've, I've, I very rarely get truly nervous for games. If you go back to Richmond round one or the Doggies game or the Sydney game or even the Melbourne game, it's more excitement because it, for those games, if we lost those games, it didn't really matter. Like if we lost to Richmond round one, yeah, we lost, but we still got 20 games to fix it up. If we lost to the Ds last week, yes, it sucked, but we still have this game. I felt pre-game that, this is it. Last chance. Last chance. It, there's no second luck. Like, there's no second chances now. And at three quarter of time, I was like, they've got half an hour. They've got half an hour left. 
how much like and I just if it does it go back to a confidence thing I don't know but I was petrified at three quarter time absolutely petrified because I did not want I did not want my heart broken again I just didn't I couldn't I couldn't do it so we could have been 10 goals up we could have been 100 points up we could have been it could have been a draw at three quarter time my, my feelings would have stayed the same because this group hasn't allowed me to be, have full faith in them to back them under any circumstance to get the job done. I was just utterly petrified of three-quarter time. Chihira, have you spoken? I can't remember. Yeah, I did. Okay, we're all, we've all gone around. Uh, well, let's let's talk about this last quarter. As much as it sucks. I mean, can everyone agree that the, the Charlie Kernow rushed snap kick was the moment? Yeah, it was. It was the moment. But nine times out of ten, I trust him when he rushes them because he nine times out of ten will kick those goals and has. So when he plays on, it's a mental thing for him to just get the job done. And in this specific occasion, he rushed it that little bit too much. Um, obviously causing part of the result but there was five other goals that were also missed in that quarter so I'm not going to solely blame Charlie because the score's not based on one player at the end of the day. It's this thing of the group did it to me like they did it to me again when Kerno missed I didn't concede the game but I thought here we go again and then fast forward five minutes Mitch McGovern runs down Josh Dacos in the middle of the MCG I'm thinking we're on again I'm thinking that that doesn't happen when we lose. That doesn't happen. And then I'm sure we'll speak about the other, the the goals that didn't go our way that quarter. But I just slowly felt it happening again. It's happening again. It's happening I again. I was going to say, it's not even just the goal. I think that Corey Durden kick in the last minute, two minutes, whatever it was, that to me was just like you had about five different shots even torp it, just hit for the goal and go for it because no matter the result would have been better than what he did. We only um, needed a point. We, we just needed, needed a, a draw. Exactly, and I just thought, and I trust Corey's kicks most of the time also. I think he is another player, like, I'm excited to watch. But looking back, and obviously we've watched that, I've watched that two minutes a hundred times, stupidly. But if he, anyone any one of those players. I know in the moment it's harsh, but all that space and all those people hit it to the top of the square. You know what I mean? Just that one hurt. That one hurt the most. That I kick. genuinely think the Corey situation just comes down to like inexperience. Like he probably hasn't been in a high press pressure situation like that when everything's on the line. And I think he, in the moment he did what he thought was right. And we can all sit there and curse him out and crack it at him. But at the end of the day, he's a kid. Like, yeah, no, 100%. And I'm not disagreeing with that for a second. But, yeah, like goals-wise, yes. But there's moments like that. And it is a young group, but you can't blame youth forever either. Yeah. My moment wasn't even a mistake. My moment was when Charlie had it just outside the 50 line. I can't remember how long was left, but it felt identical the Melbourne situation and he didn't even stuff up the kick he kicked it perfectly but I just got immediate flashbacks to the Melbourne game everything looked the same the scoreboard everything it was going to be identical to the Melbourne game and 
that for me was the moment where I just knew that there was no way this was ending any other way than in tears. Well, going back to that Corey Durden situation, I, 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 I would go as far as to say Corey Durden is the least or the person you blame least for that situation because Jack Silvani, Harry Mackay, Charlie Kerno all led, all led to the pocket. If you just a little bit of football smarts, just top of the square, all of you go there. And I think Cripper's standing 15 metres away from Durden. Why isn't he telling Durden to to do like to just kick it to the top of the square? I think it's a, it was a. a th I think it goes as far as to say this group isn't ready. They don't know how to deal with it yet. Yeah, I well, agree. What, what another moment? This isn't even. I thought when Mason Cox is kicking a goal against you, you're in a bit of trouble. I that was when I was like, oh, okay, we're just simply not prepared to close this game out. When Mason Cox, of all people, is taking contested marks in your forward line, I just saw we were we were mentally just collapsing at that point. But it leads to another point. I mean, did we handle like uh, like I guess when you look at the result, the answer is no. But in terms of closing out the game, I thought we handled it quite well. I thought we did all the right things and. Even if you look at the Durden thing, it was a skill error that cost us. I thought he did exactly he he led with, he led exactly where he needed to be. I don't know. Did we do the right things in order to close that game out? Apart from the fact that Collingwood kicked four goals, but just those last two minutes, did we do the right things? There's other stuff. Okay. No go, Jazz. You go. You go. I was just going to say, if you replay that last quarter nine times out of ten, we win the game. That's it. Pretty much. There's other little things that um, disappointed me, like the fact that Ginevan and Elliot were by themselves for that last goal. Like, that's pretty poor from Weedering, especially he was right there. Like, he should be telling Marchbank and Lewis Young and all them to get back. Like, the, the side, what are they called? The people on the side? What are they called? At the bench, the team, whatever. The right. runners. Right. They were holding up this side. Sorry, mental blank really bad. I look really stupid now, but anyway, that's fine. I'm not dumb. I just had a mental blank. Too many thoughts going through my head. Anyways, they held up the sign. They pretty much said that we had two minutes to go. Why are you not on your man? Like, that was very frustrating. The way that they transitioned that ball was way too easy. And at the end of the day, that comes down to working harder. They were... All day they were working harder. They found space every time. When they were on, it was because they found space. If you close down that space, they don't go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think nowadays they're very like man your area. Um, but in high pressure, two minutes to go situations, man your man is where you need to be. Because at the end of the day, like an area is fine. But if someone's out and they get out, then you're done. Whereas Which if you man up, then there's it's always a one-on-one -on -one content. It's a 50-50 chance no matter where the ball goes. I think I might be changing the question a little bit here, but I think in terms of handling the actual game pressure and the stakes of the game, I think probably McGovern and Williams were our two players, along with Cripps, but were the two players that handled the moment the best. They... And that's the reason that I said from the moment Zach Williams got injured is if we play finals, I don't care if he's playing on one leg, he needs to play because 
he knows what it takes and he knows how to handle himself in those moments. And I think that's the difference. Those two players show the difference in the team between the players that know how to handle situations and the players that just don't. And that comes down to just the history of Carlton and what they've always known. And that's to lose and to not be playing in games that matter. So I think, yeah, I think those two players probably handled the moment as well as anyone else on the field. Well, I mean, and I guess that really led us to the end of the game. Um, I don't know. I don't know which was worse that Jamie Elliott kicked that goal. Could have been Ginevan, really. But I just, if, if anyone it was going to be, it was obviously just going to be Jamie Elliott doing it again. It's just like, I don't know. There's no point talking about how we felt after the final siren. It's just like, it, it, it was so empty. I just left. I just stood up and left. Just a question, how many angry people were there in your area of the ground when you left? Someone punched a vent as going down the stairs, someone kicked the fence that is like the fencing where the where you can look outside. Is anyone faced with any real angry people? I'm going to go first because obviously I wasn't at the ground um, being living where I live. Mine was myself. I pretty much just told my boyfriend to leave and I didn't want him in the house because it wasn't going to be a pretty sight if he stayed. And then I just laid on the floor for about an hour wanting to cry. So I was the angriest in my house, that's for sure. I couldn't see any angry people through my jumper or my tears. So. And it's, and it's like literally just a blur. I literally, I literally remember the final siren and then me being in the car. That whole, that whole walk back to the car is... It, I, I describe it like this. The picket, I mean, let's just, I'm just going to go on tangent here. The picket goal last week itself hurt more. Yeah. Because I knew there was 10 seconds left and it felt like someone had died. Like I felt I felt like I had died when he kicked that goal. And then when Elliot kicks the goal, I'm thinking, right, I know there's still 90 seconds left. So surely we're going to get one chance. That's what I thought. I thought with 90 seconds left, even if they get the clearance, we're going to get one chance. We got to, we're going to get one. And then when Durden laces out Jeremy Howe in the pocket, I'm thinking they're going to do it again. They're going to do it to me again. They're going to break my heart again. It's. It, I just thought it's going to happen again. That's all I thought. It's happening again. It's happening. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I felt so powerless. I was seeing it right there. It was happening right in front of me. Did it almost just, prepare you though, the Melbourne one? Were you already hurt enough from that no. that it hurt more or are you still hurting? No, it felt like I'd been punched in the gut and punched in the head. Didn't it help. sounds ridiculous, but it genuinely felt like someone died. I, I felt like I was leaving a funeral. Like I just felt empty yeah. and nothing anyone said would make that feeling better. Like no one, like when you're leaving a funeral, doesn't matter what someone says, you're not bringing back the person that's passed away. It was like this. doesn't matter what you say, you're not bringing back that win and it sounds so ridiculous because you know 22 it's, men that don't know who we are but it's it's our life like we put so much time and energy into it and when it gets ripped away from you in the circumstances that it did against Collingwood of all people it it kills you but yeah I'm the same I don't remember much either I just remember crying in my seat and then walking out and I was walking down the stairs and all the Collingwood supporters were seeing the chant, people want to know who we are. And I just remember 
thinking, oh, I cannot be at the MCG right now. Just get me out of here. And then I just walked as fast as I could to the train station because I was distraught and I did not want to hear the Collingwood fans living their best life. It's just like, I don't know, people say like, oh, you know, life goes on, but like, does it? Because like, nothing, nothing's going on at the moment. I don't think we'll be able to fully move on until the grand finals finished. Just I don't purely think I'll because... be able to move on until round one. Yeah, in a sense, I just feel like once the grand final's done, it's like, well, there's only one winner. That one team's won, and 17 other teams didn't win it. So it's like we're just one of those 17 teams, in a sense. It will hurt, and it will hurt until round one. But in the, I guess that proposes the question, what's next? I mean, I think top four next year, and but that's a, that is a long, long way away. But what's, what's next short term? What do we do now? Mourn. <laughs> I like it, Ari. Mourn for some for longer. I don't, I don't know. I, I never want to think about next week. Don't, don't think... want to about next year. <laughs> I think the boys need to thrive off it, use the pain that they're getting, and just get to get to work and really um, come out all guns blazing through preseason and through next year. I honestly think people like Patrick Cripps, Sam Walsh, Jack Silvani, um, Sam Doherty, those guys, even Caleb Marchbank and Charlie Kerno, both going through major injuries and like properly coming back this season. I think they, now that they've gotten a taste as well, it'll make them want to work harder and be better. I think the passengers of the team, even though I don't really think we had many, I think everybody did their part. Yes, there were mistakes, but there's mistakes every time. You can't stop. Not It's not going to be a perfect show every time. You know what I mean? So I just hope that they all sit there and they just want to be better. That's what you got to hope for. You just got to hope they want to work harder during the preseason, get themselves super-duper fit. We want to pray for no more injuries. We just want to go into round one with a full fucking list for once. I yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing. Pray for zero injuries next year would be fantastic. That would be game changing in itself. Well, I, we need to talk about like if Walsh was in, if Hewitt was in, if Kennedy was in, if we had our midfield, our guys. Well, we can speak about that, and I like I don't want to bring the mood down, but how do we get into a position where? We mismanage our players so much that our best player, or one of, misses the most important game of the season with soreness. How does how how does that happen? How do we why like how does that how do we mismanage him that badly? Unless it's not soreness, unless it's, they're lying to us. But you can if say it, the same thing about Hewitt. He was only meant to be out for a week or two. He's been gone for like what four weeks, a month. Yeah. Why? Did, yeah, how 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 did the club put us or put themselves into this position where, with the most crucial month of the season, we we're having this happen to us where we're mismanaging players and like not giving them the best chance of playing because you look at Collingwood like one injury, Taylor Adams like two injuries, Brady Grundy and Taylor Adams. Yeah, that and then it. and then you look at Melbourne. I, I think what. One like Tom, Tom McDonald. Literally. That's it. Well, Melbourne had four, and I remember, like, I listened to the commentary when we played them in the VFL, and I think Jason Bennett was like, they have four injuries across both AFL and VFL programs. Yeah. 
Wait, wait. That's, that's insane. We've got six. We like <laughs> from from round six onwards, there was never less than ten players on our injury list at one time. We had something like over ten players miss over a month of football, which included Mark Pitney, Harry Mackay, Jacob Wiedering, George Hewitt. There's crucial cru- Matt Kennedy, crucial players. Yeah. Missing a month of football. That you don't win flags like that. It's plain and simple. You can talk about it being luck, but it happened last year. It happened last year, the same thing with injuries. Something like something's gotta give. I feel like it happens every year. It does. I don't think like it ever ends. And it's like like do you do you blame S and C for this? I mean I feel like it's happening to too many players for it not to be a bit of a strength and conditioning problem. Well, that, that's that's my concern with Voss saying they're going to they're going to go even harder in preseason. They can't cope with this. If their body can't cope with this, God forbid, we're going to have no players come around one next year. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I don't work in a football club, right? So I obviously don't know. But yeah, Buckley on here, he'll explain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's exactly what we need to speak to a Collingwood person now. Great. Um, yeah, like what, what's the, what, what, like when does it give? When when does it turn? Because it either goes one or two ways. It either goes the way of our boys are finally maturing their bodies to deal with it, and our and everything clicks physically, or it breaks them. It it breaks them. It's one or the other, and. I mean, knowing our luck, we all know which one that could probably end up being. Does anyone know if Kennedy's going to be okay to go round one? Like, does anyone know how serious this ankle thing is? He had surgery last week or something. Um, six months away, I'd like to think so. Well, I, I don't recall another AFL player having the same injury. As what? I, yeah. I don't think it was too long the recovery period. At least it's come at a good time. I think you're, looking at, you're looking at me very confused, Jazz. I'm just angry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, Cook said Hewitt might be having surgery too. They're well, Hewitt's Hew- had a Hewitt's had a back injury since Sydney. This this issue with Hewitt has been a long time coming. It's been coming the whole season. That's why that's why Sydney were willing to get rid of it. Or that was willing to happen. He's a great player, but that back injury is something that's plagued him. And then we all know Zach Williams is made of tissue paper, Mitch McGovern's a hamstring injury away from retirement. Um, Oscar McDonald's dead by all accounts. So, like, where do we go from David that? Cunningham, where's he? Yeah, where's he's Cunningham? Dead yeah, he's dead. <laughs> like, he's, he's out of contract. Is he really? Hmm. Is that a contract this year? And I think Caleb is, or he has one more year. I don't know. I don't know about Caleb. I should know that. I'm very. Please don't be disappointed in me, fans. I'm just trying to not <laughs> about him leaving. I'm trying to block that out. Well, well, he's one more fucking injury away from. Say it. Say it. I dare you to say I'm it. I'm just saying. There's a screen between us, mate. I'm just saying. Don't. Okay, all right. T- tension is pretty, pretty heavy here. Let's all right. Let's finish up. I want everyone to give 
a good, you know, 30-second summer of the season and then uh, a grade, you know, A to F. I think a pass or fail, just an A to F on the season. Jazz, you start Tori, Arian and Kira. Actually, I'll quickly say mine. I reckon, reckon it was a B minus because it was definitely improvement. I like the direction we were going in, I, and I, it just makes it worse that we started so well, all that potential. Look, I think it can all be forgiven next year, put it that way. But I'm, I think this team is so capable of top four. Jazz. I think it's a C plus um, because you can't go from nine and three to dropping out of the eight. I think that our back half of the season was really poor and we let very easy winnable games go, like the Adelaide game. I think actually the Adelaide game is where we lost our season. It was not the Melbourne game. It was not the Collingwood game. It was literally the Adelaide game because Collingwood and Melbourne were never guaranteed wins. That one should have been a guaranteed win. So I think it was a C plus. Actually, I'll make it a B because Caleb came back. Gosh. <laughs> um, I'll, I'm going to go a B as well. I think there's lots and lots and lots of pluses, but a couple negatives that definitely don't deserve more than that. Um, yeah, just lot to look forward to, hopefully, but wasn't 100% a success. Well, it wasn't really a success in the end of the day. If you ask me, if you, if you're asking me now, F, but <laughs> I feel like if you're asking, if you're going to ask me in a week's time, even in a month's time, I'd probably say, I don't even know. Just let's stick with that for now. <laughs> no, it's probably a B-ish. Yeah, sure. B, C, C plus. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have. Please never become a school teacher. God, <laughs> I just don't ever want to. Yeah, it was shit. Just move on. I can't do it right now. I'm going to say a B because it would have been an A if we made finals. A plus, an a plus if we made final. Yeah, definitely. A plus if you win the flag. A oh, if you make final. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to say a B, but I think the start of the year was the most fun most supporters, young supporters at least, have had ever at the footy. And I think that just um, – I was living my best life at the start I'm of the year. I'm saying most of great. us. Most of us, yeah. we're all classified as young. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all young. We are all young. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we started really well. And I think if we can build on that next year, it can all be forgotten, as Nathan said. Next year, we won't, if we make the eight next year, win a final, no one's going to be talking about when we lost to Collingwood last year. So you've got six months and you can resolve everything that happened in the last two weeks. Well, that's. I'll bite in. I'll bite in and give them a proper answer. Um, no, I, I mean, when you look at the, I think if you take the positives as a whole, they're an A plus. If you take the negatives, they're an F. I feel like that's indicative of where we are the whole season. Our best is elite. Our worst is dog shit. So what that averages out to, probably a C plus, a B if you're being generous. Um, it was just the most Carlton way to 
it was the most Carlton season I think I've ever experienced any sporting team in the world ever have. And I just, yeah, we had it. We had it. I reckon we had seven opportunities to secure finals all the way from the St Kilda game to the Adelaide game to the Brisbane game to the Melbourne game to the Collingwood game to even even the Collingwood game the first time, the Richmond game. Fuck. Jesus Christ. We could go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and even like... I mean, we, we we talk about these games, but if we just don't choke a 38-point lead against Hawthorne, probably make finals on percent, so on percentage. So, Ari, why'd you do that to us? Well, I had to be the bearer of bad news, but zero point uh, six. I was gonna say, I have a question. If we did make finals, and I know it's still very raw that we didn't, how far do you reckon we would have gone? We beat mean- Brisbane. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. We beat Brisbane and then we beat Collingwood in the in the prelim. Actually, no, it wouldn't be Collingwood. It'd be who would it be? I don't know. We'd make a prelim, I think. It would have it would have been Freo, I think, if we won get beat Brisbane. It would have been the loser of Freo, Geelong. I don't know if Geelong. I would have want to want to play the granny this year because I think personally, I think Geelong has it in the bag unless someone just takes it to a new level. I think it would have been a lot more painful having to watch that, knowing that they're so dominant and experienced in what they do. Um, but yeah. oh, okay. Rather make it and get knocked out straight away than go out the. No, way. no, I'm talking grand final, not. Yeah, I don't care. I'd oh, rather make sorry. It yeah. Never seen it. Never seen one, babe. Never seen one, babe. I would like to just experience it. I don't care if we go down by 150 points. I just want to be there. I just want to be like, I'm buying grand final tickets. For my team. Yeah, but That's when we, if we get pumped by 150 points, you would You're gonna win. wish and it's all out of exactly. I, exactly. I, I said this. I said this on Sunday. No. I would have rather gone down by like 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 points. I don't care. Yeah, that's on that's on Sunday. Grand final is different. No, grand <laughs> final is different. Ask any Again, uh, you said it yourself. You've never experienced it. A grand final is uh, different ask when any you're in that moment. Ask any Port Adelaide supporter about 2007 and they'll give you traumatic memories. So, <laughs> At the end of the day, what can you do? We're not out there, guys. We're just in the stands going, yay. Like We weren't <laughs> doing that on, on Sunday. Were <laughs> Maybe you asked. Yeah, Some yeah. of us are. Crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not going to actually show you how I am. Everyone's going to think I'm feral. That wraps up. We, we've ended on a, a, a more humor, humorous note than about five minutes ago. So let's, let's wrap it up. Thank you all for joining. I enjoyed this. And I think we might need to come together for a big 2023 preview next year. So thank you all for joining me. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Carlton Wrap. And apologise, there were a lot of episodes this year, but look, that's just the way it is. And we'll go again next year, as will the boys. So thank you, thank you everyone for joining, and we'll see you soon.